comes from Genesis 41, verses 37 through 57. And this proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this, in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Joseph took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him ride in his second chariot, and they called out before him, Bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Joseph, uh, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no one shall lift up hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephanath Paniah, and gave him in marriage Asenath, the daughter of uh, Potiphar, priest of On. So Joseph went out over the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly, and he gathered up all the food of those seven years which occurred in the land of Egypt and put the food in the cities. He put in every city the food from the fields around it. And Joseph stored up grain in great abundance, like the sand of the sea, until he ceased to measure it, for it could not be measured. Before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. Asnath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bore them to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for, he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. The seven years of plenty that occurred in the land of Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. There was famine in all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. When all the land of Egypt was finished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, what he says to you, do. So when the famine had spread over all the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain, because the famine was severe over all the earth. Hollywood is fascinated um, with uh, rags-to-riches stories. Rags-to-riches. Um, perhaps that is the, the hoopla behind the, the movie Annie. Annie, this, this orphan who was mistreated, uh, finally one day uh, is, uh, is, is, is thrust into Daddy Warbucks right? She, and so we're fascinated with the story because she went from rags, suffering and struggling in an orphanage to living the life of, of luxury in a mansion. We like rags to riches story. Perhaps it's the, the reason why we like that movie, um, The Pursuit of Happiness, uh, that came out several years ago. The true story of, of Chris Gardner, who 
who grew up in San Francisco and found himself on the streets due to hard times and difficult times. And we see after working and hard work and dedication, he finally made it on Wall Street. He rose to to the top of of the the financial industry and started his own company. He He went from rags to riches. One might look at Joseph's story and say, Joseph's story is a, is a rags to riches story. He went from the, 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 the pit, he went from the prison to the, the palace. He, he's the ultimate rags to riches story. Well, I don't know if Joseph's story is so much uh, a rags to riches story, but what I do know is that Joseph's story is a God story. God is always raising up his people and rewarding his people. He he takes them low and he raises them up and rewards them. Joseph is a God story. When we last left him, he was standing, you remember, he was standing before Pharaoh after spending over two years in an Egyptian prison and and after being forgotten by the cupbearer, no no doubt fighting this discouragement and disillusionment, waiting for what seemed like a nightmare to come to an end. After all that time, Joseph was finally remembered and raised. At that moment, Joseph was not only remembered, but I have to imagine Joseph himself remembered. We ourselves were reminded, weren't we? It was impressed upon Joseph and us the glorious truth that God never forgets his people. Listen, you and I have a lot of things that we worry about. Things that we shouldn't worry about, but, but we do. We have a lot of things that we worry about. But brothers and sisters, let me assure you of this wonderful and glorious truth. You don't have to worry about this fact. God does not and will not forget his people. Joseph was reminded that it was the covenant faithful God whom he served. God remembered him and raised him. And here he is, standing before Pharaoh, declaring to him what thus says the Lord. And what Joseph will soon find out is that those whom God raises are those whom God rewards. He rewards. God raises Joseph out of prison as the account is is told by, by giving Pharaoh a dream. A dream that only God himself could, could interpret. And as we learned last week, Pharaoh sought far and wide trying to find someone to interpret this dream. 
That is, until the cupbearer remembered, remembered in prison what Joseph had done for him and the baker, that, that Joseph had, had interpreted the dreams for them. So Pharaoh calls for Joseph and asks him to interpret the, the dream that he had. But while Pharaoh called for Joseph to interpret the dream, Joseph calls on God. For the dream came from God. It was his word, his word that needed to be interpret, interpreted. And as Joseph begins to interpret this dream, interpret the word of God, he also communicates to Pharaoh the wisdom of God. The word of the Lord foretold seven years of abundance. This is the dream that Pharaoh had. This is the, what the dream was telling Pharaoh, that, that they were going to experience seven years of abundance followed by seven years of, of famine. This was the word of God, and it was sure to happen. That's why it happened. He had the dream twice. Joseph said, Pharaoh, these things are fixed. This is what is going to happen. But Joseph, after declaring and interpreting the word of God, communicates the wisdom of God. And, and he offers up a plan. He suggests that Pharaoh should set someone up to gather and store grain and other resources during the years of abundance in preparation for the years that will be lean. Thus, thus preserving the land and, and the people during the seven years of famine. Pharaoh hears this idea and he says, brilliant. He, he, he declares this in verse 39. Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? I want you to notice this. Don't, don't, don't gloss over this piece. That the, the pagan, unbelieving Pharaoh recognizes and praises the Spirit of God in Joseph. Listen. The one who who fears God is different. You can, you can tell a difference. It is evident in their boldness, in their proclamation of the one they trust. You remember in the book of Acts what they said about Peter and John as they proclaimed the gospel boldly. In Acts chapter 14 and verse 13 it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Do you hear that? That as they were boldly proclaiming the gospel, these uneducated men, they look at them, and they perceived that they had been with Jesus. Oh, how glorious is that? Anybody ever said that to you? How glorious is that? Joseph, before Pharaoh, he doesn't hide 
the God that he serves. He exalts him. He's not ashamed. He's not cowering, but boldly proclaims the God who has been faithful to him. He says, Pharaoh, I can't interpret these dreams. I can't give you an answer for these dreams, but God can. It is him who will give you the answer. Joseph is exalting God before Pharaoh. He's not speaking. He's not exalting his own abilities. He is exalting God, which is incredible because often we aren't bold. Often we aren't quick to give God glory in front of unbelievers, be it at school or on our jobs, in our neighborhoods, for fear that we will get persecuted. For fear that mentioning God will somehow be a hindrance rather than an advantage. Brothers and sisters, being faithful to God is never a hindrance. Oh, 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 it, it may bring trouble. It may bring trouble. Faithfulness to God can lead, can land you in prison. Joseph knew this. He stood before Potiphar's wife and had boldly proclaimed his God and his ways and his truth. And where did it land him? It landed him in prison. Oh, yes, faithfulness to God may bring trouble, but it is never a hindrance. That is why Joseph, when faced again with a situation as he stood before Pharaoh, he didn't know how Pharaoh was going to respond after he interpreted this dream. Faced with the same situation, a situation that not, might not end favorably for him, Joseph doesn't change his strategy. He's still faithfully proclaiming the God whom he serves. And his faithfulness this time didn't land him in prison. It landed him in the palace in a position of influence. Brothers and sisters, you know what this should do? It should remind us that faithfulness to God is never, never, never in vain. If I, can, if I can speak directly to the teenagers who are out there, to teenagers, to those of you who are in college, who find yourself seeking to re remain faithful in a faithless world seeking to honor God in a world and surrounded by, by, by people who, who call good evil and evil good. Here's what I want to say to you this morning. I want to encourage you to remain faithful. Faithfulness is never, it's never a hindrance. Listen, it, listen, it may cause you trouble. You may get ridiculed. You may not be part of the in crowd. 
You may not get invited to the, to the, to the best parties, but let me tell you, faithfulness is never, it's never in vain. You stay the course. It is never the wrong road to choose. Remain faithful to God. Faithfulness, faithfulness is never in vain. Because you know, you know what? Faithfulness is always rewarded. It's always rewarded. Joseph. Trust in God in Potiphar's house led to prison, but the, 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 that faithfulness was about to be rewarded as God raised him up for his purposes. This is the focus of the rest of our text this morning. We see Joseph rewarded, and he is rewarded to accomplish the purposes of God. That's why he's rewarded. Joseph is rewarded. Pharaoh, here is this this plan that Joseph um, communicates about about storing up resources during the years of plenty. And he realizes that if this man has the spirit of God, then there is no better person to head up this undertaking than Joseph himself. And he sets the plan in motion immediately. Didn't we learn last week that that God works quickly? Oftentimes, it's slow. We are in a process, and it's long, and we're waiting. We're waiting for the Lord to answer a prayer or to come through, and then all of a sudden, quickly like that, God acts. And we see that in Joseph. I can't I can't imagine. I mean, we come to the text and we already know what's happening, but you realize Joseph didn't know what was happening. And so I can't imagine what is going through his mind right about now. That morning, he was in prison. He was just in prison. He had spent over two years waiting for the cupbearer to remember him. He had been plotted against by his brothers falsely accused and and forgotten in prison. And now he is standing before Pharaoh and he hears these words. You, you, Joseph, shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves at your command. I mean, the contrast there is, is, is jarring. Pharaoh goes on to not just exalt him to this position, but he gives him authority, placing, uh, the Pharaoh places his signet ring on Joseph's finger, saying, Joseph, you are now going to do business in my name. That when you say something, when when you sign a document, here's my ring for you to seal it. You have my authority in Egypt. Not only does he give him his authority, he gives him the royal robes. No more prison garb. He receives fine linen. He gives him a chariot, the limousines of the day. A wife, servants. Pharaoh gives him 
an inaugural parade that, will rive, that would rival anything that we could throw our day in our day. And he orders others to bow down before Joseph. Joseph was just in prison, y'all. That morning, he was in prison. And now, he is second in command over all of Egypt. What a contrast. What a reward. You know what is, a, what's, what is the amazing thing? Is that I don't think Joseph was expecting all this. I think Joseph would have rejoiced if Pharaoh had said to him, you know what your reward will be for interpreting my dream, Joseph? You can go free today. He, I think Joseph would have been just fine with that. Yes, 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 Joseph had a word from the Lord that his family was going to, to bow down to him one day, but he had no idea of the details. Surely, surely this would not have been the way he would have drawn it up. Go to prison, thrown in a pit, been lied upon. This is not how Joseph would have arranged the details. He has no idea what is going on. But God's ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. His are far better. <laughs> they are far better than any of the ways that we could draw up, any of the plans that we think we, we have for our lives. God's plans are way better. Joseph might have been okay with just being freed from prison, but God's plans and reward were far greater. They were far greater. Doesn't the, doesn't the Bible communicate that point to us over and over and over again? God's plans are greater, and when he rewards, he rewards abundantly. Abundantly. Faithfulness gets rewarded by God. Um, we, you remember Job. You see this in the scripture. You remember Job. Job was afflicted. He, he lost his, his family. He was, he was brought low. And then we get to the end of Job, chapter 44, verse 10 and verse 12, and we read this. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And, and the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, and he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. Job brought low, remained faithful, and is rewarded. We look at Mordecai. In Esther 6, 7, and 8, verse 10 as well, Mordecai is faithful to God in seeking to, to preserve the, 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 the people of Israel. And, and we read this, 
after a plot was against him to kill him? And Haman said to the king, for the man whom the king delights to honor, let royal robes be brought, which the king has worn, and the horse that the king has ridden, and on whose head a royal crown is set. Then the king said to Haman, hurry, take the robes and the horse, as you have said, and do so to Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Leave out nothing that you have mentioned. Mordecai is rewarded for his faithfulness to God. Oh, we see, we see God taking his people low, raising them up, and rewarding them. We read this about Joseph and and we hear that. We read this about, about Job, and we read it about Malachi being raised up and rewarded because of their faithfulness, but they all point to Jesus, don't they? This has been our constant focus through our study of the life of Joseph, has it not? We look through Joseph to Jesus, and the foreshadow is perhaps never more clear than when Joseph is raised up and rewarded in Egypt. Our Lord was brought low on the cross, beaten, rejected, a man acquainted with grief. He, as Paul says to the Philippians, humbled himself, and he was obedient even to the point of death, death on a Roman cross. But he was raised up and rewarded, Philippians 2, 9 and 11. Therefore, it says, therefore, because of his obedience, because of his faithfulness, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you see the contrast there? Brought low, raised up, and rewarded. Every knee shall bow. The, he has been highly exalted. Oh, you want to talk about a reward for faithfulness. Jesus took the sin of you and me. His, his shoulders bore our wrath, bore the wrath of the Father. He went down, but God raised him up and rewarded him because he was faithful to do what he was called to do. He faithfully fulfilled it. Joseph's abundant reward for his faithfulness is a clear picture of the nature of our God. Those whom he takes low, he raises up and rewards. Brothers and sisters, this is not just true of Job, Joseph, and Mordecai. This is true of you and me. Those whom he raises up, he rewards. Now, I know it's messing with your mind because it's messing with my mind. It seems odd to talk about being rewarded. We, we know we don't deserve it. 
we certainly are not worthy of it. We, we, we all can confess that Jesus saving us is just more than enough. He says that you can go free and we would have been just fine with that. But you can't escape the fact that the Bible talks about rewards. 1 Samuel 26 and 23, David says, The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 3 and 14 says that if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. Hebrews 11 and 26, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. There is a reward that awaits those who are in Christ. You see, the scriptures speak of a reward that is to come. Yes, we are not deserving of it. We, we, we're not worthy of it. But we're, reward awaits those who are in Christ, whom God raises up. Do you see why now? Faithfulness is never in vain. Because the faithful Christian always gets rewarded. Faithfulness through the ups and downs in this life are rewarded in heaven. Listen, every Christian ends this life by being brought low. It's death. Death, you, you are brought low. It is that final enemy that afflicts us. But those who, who go into the depths of death, trusting and remaining faithful to Christ, are, not might be, but are raised up and rewarded. Faithfulness is never in vain. Those who are brought low, they are raised up and rewarded. James chapter 1, verse 12. I'm telling you, they just do, do, do a study uh, through the rewards that the Lord has for his, his people. It's all over the scriptures. James 1 and, and, and 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Ah, there, there, there's the promise. All those who are in Christ in the life to come will be rewarded. But sometimes, 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 faithfulness in this life is rewarded in this life. Sometimes, sometimes. Joseph's reward wasn't future. <laughs> I mean, we're reading this in history. Joseph's reward wasn't future. Joseph was rewarded in this life. Right now, he received a reward. Mordecai, Job, had abundance now. 
They, they, weren't enjoy, they were enjoying a reward in this life. Again, you know, we have such an aversion to health and wealth and prosperity foolishness that we completely dismiss the Bible clearly commuting, communicating reward for faithfulness. Joshua uh, 14, verse 13 and 14, it speaks of Caleb. Caleb and Joshua are the ones, they were the spies that went into the, to the promised land to spy out the land. They were the only two who said, we believe you, Lord, when you say that we should go into the land. We believe you. We're going to go and we're going to spy out. They came back. The, the report was like, hey, there's, there's giants in the land. There's big, uh, you know, but Lord, we believe you. Let's go take it. They remained faithful. And this is what it says in Joshua 14, 13, and 14. And Joshua blessed him. And gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb to this day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Caleb was rewarded in this life for his faith. I, I would hope that we may be able to point to some time in our lives where our faithfulness to God in the midst of di difficulties, in the face of hostile opposition, was rewarded in this life. That we experience the, the reward of the Lord in this life. Oh, brothers and sisters, reward for faithfulness in this life does sometimes come in this life. Joseph was brought low in this life, remained faithful, and was raised up and rewarded in this life. He, he, he's experiencing as second in command over Egypt, the reward of his faithfulness. But here's the key. Here's what we need to take from Joseph. Joseph was raised up and rewarded to accomplish the purposes of God. Not for Joseph's purposes, but for God's purposes. It is so crucial that we see this. We are not rewarded simply for us to serve ourselves and revel in our rewards. No, we are rewarded so that we might give God praise and accomplish his purposes. This is what Joseph did. Joseph gave God praise for where he found himself. You know, when you are in prison and things are difficult, and hard, they, they, they are, they're difficult and they're hard, but it's often in prison that people have no problem turning to Jesus. <laughs> they, they typically find the Lord in the most difficult situations. They, they're brought low and they turn to the Lord because they have nowhere else to turn. Reaching out to God in the valley is a common occurrence. But the challenge comes when God raises you up and rewards you. <laughs> When you are in the midst of luxury, comfort, and abundance, when you are granted power and authority, what 
will you do then? Remaining faithful is even more difficult. I am sure it was hard for Joseph. He is in a foreign land. He, he, he is trying to serve God faithfully. He is the second most powerful man in Egypt. Listen to what Pharaoh says, what, what he tells the people to do in verse 55. Go to Joseph. What he says to you, do. Is that not power? Do you imagine the pressure, the temptation that comes from having that much power, seeking to remain faithful? I said Joseph was a foreigner in a foreign land surrounded by wealth and luxury, endowed with authority in the most powerful nation in the world. How would he respond? Joseph responds with praise and thanksgiving. Look at verse 50, verses 50 through 52. Before the year of, of famine came, two sons were, were born to Joseph. Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. In the naming of his sons, Joseph declares and acknowledges that his current life is a result of the hand of God. This this was not Joseph's doing. He, he was not taking credit for where he found himself. Every, every time he called his son's name, he would be reminded, he would be praising the God whom he served, the God who was faithful to him. You realize that these are Hebrew names. Joseph had an Egyptian wife. He was in a foreign land in Egypt, second in command, and he said, I'm going to name my sons, uh, give them a Hebrew name so that you would know that I serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Brothers and sisters, I hope you, I hope you realize that this is the attitude of one who has navigated 13 years of being thrown in a pit, <laughs> being lied upon, being thrown in prison, and forgotten. Throughout, throughout those 13 years, God had been preparing Joseph for this position. That's what he was doing. Throughout these 13 years, God had been preparing Joseph to use him Listen, God is always, always working his purposes and his plans in your life. No experience or event that you and I go through is a throwaway experience. God is using it to prepare us for his purposes. Joseph learned how to praise God in the prison. Therefore, he could praise God in the palace. The one, the one the Bible says in Luke 16 and 10, 
One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. It can be trusted. You do remember how God had been preparing Joseph. Yes, he had been in the pit. and Yes, he had been in the prison. Yes, he had been lied upon. But you forget where the Lord had him at times. You remember he was in Potiphar's house. The Lord was with him and gave him much success. So much so that we read in Genesis 39 and 4. So Joseph found favor in the sight, in his sight, and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. Even in Potiphar's house, the Lord was preparing him for this position. But just not in the palace, not in Potiphar's house, but also in the prison. Genesis 39, 21 through 22. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. Joseph was faithful over a little and then could be trusted with much. Brothers and sisters, do you see the hand of God throughout preparing Joseph for his purposes? He took Joseph low so that he might reward him. This, this isn't a rags to riches story. This is God's story. This is God's story. And when it's God's story, you realize that, that he rewards you so that you might accomplish his purposes. The seven years of plenty came to pass, just as Joseph had said, and he executed the plan he had laid out. Storing up grain and resources for when the famine hit. And just as the word of the Lord said, seven years of famine began. And then we read this, the end of our text, verses 56 and 57. So when the famine had spread over all the land, Joseph opened up the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain because the, the famine was severe over all the earth. God had rewarded Joseph so that he might accomplish his purposes through Joseph. And you know what his purposes were? To preserve his people, to, to bless the nations for his glory. Joseph was blessed so that he might be a blessing. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, if we are raised up and rewarded for our faithfulness in this life, it, it, it is so that we can use the position, use the reward to bless others. God has you there so that you might accomplish his purposes. Joseph was raised up and rewarded and the nations received the benefits. 
Does it sound familiar? Are, are you looking through Joseph to Jesus? Jesus was raised up and rewarded so that in him, God's purpose of salvation might be accomplished. Jesus tells us that Jesus is the first fruits of those raised from the dead. For in Adam all die, also in Christ shall all be made alive. 1 Corinthians 15. Brothers and sisters, Jesus' reward, his exaltation becomes our blessing. We too will be raised up and rewarded. For Jesus was brought low, he remained faithful, he was raised up and rewarded so that the purposes of God could be accomplished. All, all who are brought, brought low in Christ will be raised up and rewarded. That's, that's the promise that we see as we look through Joseph to Jesus. Jesus was raised up, exalted, and rewarded so that those who are in experiencing the famine of the land, spiritual poverty, could come to Jesus, who was full of blessing, and who could feed them during their time of need. He was raised up and rewarded so that he might accomplish the purposes of God to bring his people into the kingdom. Let us pray.